How many professional footballers does it take to change a light bulb? What? Just one, but it has to be the goalkeeper because uh, no one else is allowed to use their hands. Oh. I mean, imagine trying to change a light bulb with your head. Hello and welcome to the Foxes Never Quit podcast. This is a fan-run podcast about Leicester City Football Club. You can find us on Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Podcaster, Samsung Podcasts, Deezer and GeoSarvan. Not sure what GeoSarvan is, but we are on it. And of course, you can find all of our things at reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc and reddit.com forward slash r forward slash lcfc women. Hello and welcome to the September review and October preview episode of Fox's Never Quit Talking. Uh, my name is, as always, H2G2 and I am here with Tyler. Tyler, how's it going? It is much better than it was the last time I was here, which was the, the, the entire season preview when, well, pretty much the last thing that we had to go off of was the most unpredictable relegation ever in Premier League history, I'd have to say. But now feeling a lot better about everything and feel a lot more confident with where we're going moving forward. Yeah, nothing like a strong a strong month of performances mm-hmm. to... Um on the right track because you know we have as a as a team done really really well and obviously we'll uh, start at the start of the month because the first couple of weeks were taken up by some internationals and we had a bunch of players by my count four five players um involved in various different internationals and we picked up precisely zero losses b- between all of them um so danny ward played two games nil nil against south korea and a two nil win over latvia so he didn't even concede a goal in two games. And Wales, they're fourth in their group and the top two qualify for the Euros, but it's quite a tight group and they could quite easily qualify. Uh, Wout Face played two full games, 1-0 win over Azerbaijan and a 5-0 win over Estonia uh, to keep Belgium top of their group. Uh, on goal difference, that 5-0 win was important. Madsen Manson called up didn't play for Denmark because there's some guy called Kasper Schmeichel uh, who was who was ahead of him? Uh, I, I don't know mm-hmm. much. About it. Did he did he ever do much with us? I can't remember. I have a feeling I've heard his name before. Uh, one of the three Danish keepers we've had in the last ten years. Nothing more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and a Premier League winner with us, of course. So they they are second in their group after two wins: a four nil win over San Marino and a nice one nil win over Finland. That's a very tight group with uh, only one point covering the top four. Sutar, Harry Sutar played for Australia. He hasn't really played for us much. We finally got him in against yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, he, he played against Liverpool, which we'll talk about yeah, in a little bit. But he scored um, scored the opener in a friendly match against Mexico. Um, Australia were 2-0 up at some point, but Mexico came back to make it a 2-2 draw. And um, Ndidi played for Nigeria. Although Ian actually didn't seem to be called up. Uh, for the Africa Cup of Nations 2023 qualifying that's going to be held this January in the Ivory Coast. But he played 82 minutes of a 6-0 win over Sawatomi and Principe, a little mm-hmm. island nation um, off the kind of west coast. Uh, it's got the population about the same as Luton, if you're British. <laughs> or have you heard of San Bernardino in California? I have, but that's you- probably just because I'm a geography nut. <laughs> 
Fair enough, but uh, yes, Sao Tome and Principe has about, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, has about the same population as those two towns. San Bernardino, it's not necessarily a well-known city in the U.S. Is it a big one? I think it's like a suburb of a suburb. It, it, it's, it's like a suburb, it, it's like a nearby city to like major cities. It's certainly not in the top five in even the state of California. Yeah, the point is, is it's not a big country. Um, no. Leicester Lowe, Adamola Lookman did score in that 6-0 and put Nigeria top of their group. Um, and as our final international update, in Group H, Pats and Dhaka, who also haven't seen for a while, scored for Zambia in a one-all draw against Comoros. So they've also finished top of their group and have qualified for the Africa Cup of Nations. Um, right. And then we get back onto the the actual matches that we played as a club. Um, so that's the first half of the month right there. Mm-hmm. So it's been a pretty good month for us, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, it's been nothing but pretty much since last time, uh, nothing but wins so far, mm-hmm. uh, except for cups, which, you know, that's cups. But um, I think that over the course of the entire, uh, the entire month, it's been fairly fairly clear throughout all at least the four league matches that we're a level above this league which mm-hmm. I think it, it, you, you could say that that's maybe a little bit maybe a little bit uh, self-righteous or conceited but I mean if you look at the results considering the fact that I think that most Leicester fans would say that the performances haven't necessarily been as amazing as the score lines. It just yeah. shows you the comparison between the quality we have and the quality everyone else has. And that's fitting when you recognize the fact that we shouldn't even be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we started off midway through the month, I guess, with a match against Southampton. Uh, who mm. are, Southampton have been struggling. You know, I think they're one of those teams who would want to be back in the Premiership, might expect to be back in the Premiership. Um, but we beat them, I thought, quite comfortably. Yeah, they made a lot of mistakes. They made a they made yeah, a weird amount of mistakes. Like, especially the first two goals that we scored, they came directly off very bad turnovers. Yeah, and very bad, very very bad giveaways by Southampton, and it seemed like the entire match they were sloppy. For the first bit, we were sloppy as well, but then we calmed down, and they just didn't, and they stayed with bad giveaways, uh, bad touches, inability mm. to figure anything out. And we got better, and we capitalized on their problems. And they also seem to have a thing where they'd get to being sort of they'd get into good positions. I thought a bit more often than I'd have liked, and then kind of threw away the goal scoring opportunity in a way which we didn't. We just we took our opportunities. Yeah, that's the big thing that I've seen with the championship so far compared to the Prem, Champions mm. League, or Bundesliga, which I watch a lot of. Um, finishing, it's not anywhere comparable to any anything else I've seen. It's significantly yeah. worse, and you just don't get punished at this level quite like you do at higher levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, if we're looking at a situation where, considering our start, we're looking at a high likelihood of being back in the Prem next year, then that is something we do have to make sure that we uh, track when the time is right. Yeah, yeah. For now, we stick to what we've got, and as long as we're not getting punished now, then we can say that that's the case for now. Yes, um, and it was good to see our players. Some of our players, I think Jamie Vardy uh, hasn't been in the goals. He's been playing well, but oh, he hasn't definitely. been in the goals. 
Uh, until now, he scored against Southampton. Um, he's scored a few more goals, This well, which we'll get to. Indeed, he got back in the goals again in Southampton. Well, I think he hasn't scored since then. I can't remember. I don't know. I don't mean he's necessarily scored, but I do need to say I got to apologize, Wilfred Ndidi. I did not see, I, I did not see the, um, the 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 transformation into a in, into an eight slash ten in him. I did not see that happening. But my God, he's really done it rather well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was saying I said in the last episode, like last season, um, a common joke was like, oh yeah, maybe Ndidi will score. And you get some wag, sometimes me, saying, no, he'd have to kick the ball forward for that. And now he's, well, he was our top scorer. I don't think he is anymore. I think McAteer's overtaken him. Oh, yeah. Um, um, but when we recorded the okay. last episode, Ndidi was our top scorer. <laughs> that is crazy to think about. And I think for the first month of the season, we really weren't getting uh, production from transfers. Or no, no, from strikers. We really weren't getting, we really weren't getting goal scoring from our strikers but it seems like over the last month that's really started to become more the thing and that's even without having like tom cannon who has been injured and we haven't been able to integrate into the team yet but now we're getting more goals from strikers um it's been vardy a lot the last couple months Inacho has also done very well um but now it seems like that's something that's not as not a concern anymore and it's so nice to have a threat off the right wing again uh, who oh, knew that he was in our reserve squad all this time? Uh, Casey it's crazy. It, it's it's wild, and I think that it's it is very funny how everyone's talking about like the spending of Leicester, and it's like, oh my god, you've spent so much, and then it's like, well, we sold so much. But regardless of all that, our best, pl- our our top scorer and arguably our best player so far this season was on <laughs> loan in Luke Two last year on a team that finished twenty first. I know. I mean, yeah, he's what? he's made such a difference to the team. He also scored against Southampton, um, and he's you know I'll, we'll go through the matches roughly in order. Um, but yeah, it was a four-one win, and I think the one uh, thing right at the end of the match probably worth mentioning was uh, Southampton did have a red card. Sulemana sent off for what the referee considered a dangerous challenge. What did you make of it? Because I've got to say, when I first saw it, I thought. Oh, that that I thought it was a bit harsh when I first saw the the red card come out. Um, I think that at that point, um, I didn't really put, I, I didn't really look too much into it, um, necessarily just because like the score line was secured at that point, and yeah, it was a ninety seventh minute. Obviously, red card. It, it, it's more, it was more of an impact on them. Uh, the red card did end up getting overturned eventually, which yeah, again doesn't that didn't really impact us, and the score line didn't really change at all because of that one moment. But yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily think it was a red, but I mean, I think I can see in the moment why you would think so. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I was same with that. I thought mm-hmm. I can see how you've got there. I'm not sure that's a red card, and clearly mm-hmm. the uh, appeals panel um, a- agreed with me. Yeah, and I think right. the other thing, I, I'm finally, I think my, my instinct because I haven't really, when I started really getting into this sport. It was around the time when VAR was already a thing. So I'm kind of turning oh. off my brain from thinking the sport through the lens of VARs here. Yeah. So so now I'm like, oh, there's no VAR. There's no VAR on red cards, no VAR on penalties, no VAR on anything. Yeah. There is still, there's still goal line technology, but that's not really VAR. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's been so, around for a while as well. Yeah. And it changes the way you view things. 
Yeah, it does. Um, there's been some interesting articles I've been reading because um, the weekend after we record this, there was a very high-profile incident uh, in a Premier League match where the VAR got it entirely wrong down to a miscommunication. Um, the VAR official thought that the um, assistant referee had or thought that the referee team on the field had given the goal. So they just said review completed when in fact the goal had been disallowed for offside and it, it, Liverpool are very rightfully very unhappy about it. Um, yeah, that's that that was embarrassing because but, because everyone because the people in the VAR room saw the right thing, but the yeah. language that they use made it made made the made the call made the call be made incorrectly. Yeah, whereas in the Championship when you're playing without VAR. You've just got a hole. The referees made a decision. Live with it. Which, yeah. you know, I'm I'm quite a fan of. It's something rugby managers somehow do is get that feel while also having a strong uh, television match official. They call it TMO. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll move on from that. We played the following Wednesday. We've been um, for the second half of this month two games a week. So that was you know the weekend of the. Friday the 15th, then the following Wednesday we played Norwich away. So two away games in a row in the same week. Um, a 2-0 win. Yeah, we have the squad to handle it. And from the yeah. players that we've seen come into the team, the guys who weren't starting at the beginning of the uh, at the beginning of the season throughout most of August, we've seen guys come into the team who've done just as well, and especially now with Cody back. So that's yeah. that's another center back we have in the mix. Um Obviously, we lost Doyle, but we have James Justin, who's now uh, appearing as well. So we have cover in positions, and it's quality cover as well. So I think that we can handle the championship schedule, and it's going to keep going because, you know, we just played on Sunday, and now it's going to be Wednesday and Saturday. and We're going to keep getting Wednesdays and Tuesdays mixed into our schedule. Yes, and it's going to make editing this such a short time scale because normally I have like a week, but we're recording this the Monday after our game. And I'm going to have to just do all the edit in a massive rush on Tuesday night and then try and get this out for you all Wednesday morning if we want to be out before the Preston game. Um, yeah, I thought Norwich was our toughest game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you look at the table, they they were, you know, their highest out of all the teams we've played last month. Um, you know, Ian actually got a penalty. Um, a penalty goal. It was still very nervy, I felt. I felt really nervous until Casey McAteer finished it off. You know, I always yeah, felt I think so as well. Norwich threatened a lot on the counter-attack. Yeah, that was that was one thing um, that came with Norwich. But I did feel that this was probably, in terms of the quality of performances uh, across the uh, across the entire uh, entire entire month, mm-hmm. this was definitely one that I felt was one of our better ones. Um, the one thing I I and I think that we started to see more of this in the layer matches is. We brought in Eunice Atgun to be a winger, but now we're playing him as one of our two eights, and mm-hmm. I really like that. I really like what he can do. He seems he's really capable on the ball. His weight of pass seems always like it's, it's inch perfect, like every time. Yeah, we've had some beautiful through balls come off him, haven't we? Oh yeah, it's. I think I've said this a couple times in in the the Discord server, but it seems like when he hits a weight room, he can be up there as one of the best players at the club. Because as a midfielder, I think you've got something really special there. Yeah. And I also want to call out um, the the Norwich game was, I think, Hermansen's first clean sheet for the club. 
Oh yeah, and that uh, one that one save. We we did have a clean sheet earlier in the season as well. Hermanson was injured, and we had I think Everson in goal for that one. It was uh, Stolarchek. It was Stolarchek. Man, shows how much attention I've been playing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it was last month. I recorded that one. I then have to like forget everything, or there's no space. And that's 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 another one there. Um, As I said before with McAteer, Jakub Stolarchek actually got relegated from the EFL last year with Hartlepool. And he's now yeah. our second choice keeper who has who started against Liverpool in the Cup and in his one league game has a clean sheet. Mm-hmm. But we've spent too much. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I mean, the thing is, when you look at how much we've spent, it's it's pennies if you compare it to the Premier League spending. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's going to be interesting when we're back in the Premier League next season. Although, you know, we've got We've got. It seems to have an academy producing players who can step up. You know, yeah. Har- Harvey Barnes is doing well. Well, I say he's doing well. He's injured now for the rest of the season. Yeah. But he was doing very well at Newcastle. You know, we were pushing at the top of the league. Um, and of course, you know, Kin and Dewsbury Hall, one of our academy products, also yeah. been really good this season. We've been singing McAteer's praises. Of course, he also got a goal against Norwich. He got he got the second goal to seal the game. Yeah, he's. Amazing. He's he, he's he's great on the left. He's great on the right. Um, and obviously he plays a slightly different role there. But I really like uh, his. I, I really I really enjoy just his positioning when he's out there. His ability to find space, direct running. A lot of a lot of his uh, high quality chances and especially his goals have come from runs behind the defense, which we've been missing so much for the last three years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, especially from the right wing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's been. Since Mares left, it's been a um, a bit of a cursed position for us. It's kind of been our defence against the dark arts position. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm not going to explain that reference to anyone who doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. Yeah. Um, and then the the week after that, like only a few days really, we played Bristol at home. This was quite a tough match. In a way, we probably weren't expecting it necessarily to be. Um, this is one of those games that could very easily have been a nil-all draw because they defended very resolutely yeah it definitely could have been they they were um they were they were very impressed bristol were very impressive in terms of their in terms of their defending um this was the first match where uh where uh the the notorious foxes hub let me down and i missed minutes i missed minutes 10 to 30 yep um well it was Saturday three o'clock kickoff, so I I had to watch the highlights. I I, I don't get these uh, because I'm in the UK, (laughs) same place as this club. I do not have a legal way to watch Saturday three pm matches. I don't really have a because getting to the stadium. Also, I don't live in Leicester itself, so realistically, getting tickets to the matches is is impossible as well. Um, Which is a shame. Uh, I've been going to see Farnborough FC play occasionally instead. All right. they're, they're my local. Um, they're in the sixth tier, so they're the, the they're national league south. Um, yeah, but yeah, uh, in the end, you know, we we won ourselves a penalty. I think we deserved the win, but I'm not entirely sure Bristol deserved to lose. Does that make sense? That seems like that seems like prob. It seems like a, definitely a way to put it. I think that we we attacked well, but it was. Kind of similar to the whole match in terms of how we didn't exactly. Um, it, it was it was more it was kind of like the case where you can't exactly say that our finishing was all that well, and it seems like our we're def. It's weird because it seems like we're a lot more clinical on the road. 
Interesting. Yeah, we we probably we possibly are. Have, I I could probably find some stats about that, but um, mm-hmm. I don't have terms, to hand. Not just in terms of, and and I'm not just talking about in terms of goals. I'm talking about shots on target as well. Because I remember in the yeah. whole match, we had 21 shots, one on target, and it felt similar in like in the Bristol match as well, where we just couldn't really put anything on goal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, part of that is, you know, it's much harder to put the ball on goal when you're being harried and pressured. It's something I felt from the highlights I saw that Bristol did well. You know, oh, yeah. well, whatever avenue we were trying to come in, they'd done our homework, they'd done their homework on us. They knew how we'd attack them. And yeah, and I'm not, I'm not surprised to see Nigel Pearson create a good game plan. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. We, um, we have a lot of respect for Nigel Pearson. And, of course, there was the lovely thing with awarding um, Andy King a oh what award did we give him this is like a lifetime achievement award or something something like that i didn't see the exact thing i don't i don't believe he played but maddie james did yeah there were a few um there were a few people who had been around you know around the club from like there were a few people who'd been around in kind of our glory days at the top of the premier league uh, and Andy King was definitely, definitely one of them. Mm. Um, and he's, I think he, he is one of our own. Um, well, certainly. And yeah, it was lovely to see him about. Um, yeah, he came through our, oh no, he started his youth career at Chelsea, but then did did the second half, the last four years of his youth career with us. Okay. Yeah. And then he was here for a while, won League One, won the championship, won the Premier League. Yes. I believe did he win the championship and the premier league in the same season or was that someone else no he can't have done because he was with us that entire no, season i think you're, ta- um, you're talking about that i think it's I, I think i remember this i think that was richie delat who went yeah on that loan. was richie delat <laughs> i think he went on loan to west brom halfway through the year yeah like that. So, so he played enough games for us though to get the premier league winners medal and the championship winners medal. And the championship. but yeah um yeah, Andy King is is a club legend. You know, he played over 300 times for us and, yeah, won three tiers of the football pyramid with us. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, another clean sheet for us in the Bristol game. You know, at this point, we're doing very well. I, I think, you know, probably a little bit of foreboding with the Liverpool match coming up. But I think before we get into the Liverpool match, I think we need to address the growing legend of Yannick Lestergaard. Oh yes, yes. Let's talk about uh, Vestergaard because yeah, he came in for so much criticism, and I sort of understand that he was very much not a Brendan Rodgers style player. Which of course never, um, un- which of course ex- you, makes you have to ask the question: Why was he ever signed by Brendan Rodgers? It does. Yeah. Why did Brendan Rodgers push for him so much? And then yeah, because he asked that question himself on Danish TV and got sanctioned by the club for it, but. It is a fair question, you know. Um, he said Brendan Rodgers knew what sort of player he was getting, so I don't understand why I'm not the right fit. Suddenly it's like, you know, but uh, under Rodgers, he wanted players who were very fast and very mobile, and those aren't his strengths. His strength is ball at feet and distributing. Yeah, and I do think that in terms of our attacking quality, I think we're at our most dangerous when we are going forward. That doesn't really impact Vestergaard, but... I think we're still we're best when we're fast, but that's not the case in the back line. Well, where we have where we yeah. have found that mix, slow it down at the back, and then at times we can go fast very very well. Yeah, it's kind of that thing of we build from the back so much better this year. I think you know we're against different opposition, different quality of opposition. Definitely, but 
Yeah, we, having Vestergaard's comfort on the ball has helped a lot. He does occasionally push forward. Uh, he's uh, been sort of a threat at corners, but not enough of a threat to score. Um, FaZe has looked closer to scoring. Well, he has scored. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely. But, he's, been, he's been wonderful. But yeah, it's it's that comfort on the ball and that ability to pick the right pass. Because at the end of the day, when you're building from the back, you need that player who'll make the right pass to set us going. And that's kind yeah. of what we do. We slow down from the back and then smash, suddenly push forward fast and hard. The other thing yeah. I've noticed Vestergaard's doing more this year is he's putting himself in the way of shots a lot more effectively. There's one thing that I criticised a lot of our defenders for last season. It was that they never committed to blocks. Oh, no, it was it was very, it was very bad in terms of uh, just, you know, too many too many shots were going past Ward and yeah. Everson, and there was it, it was clear at that point that they weren't fighting, and you could see because they weren't really putting they, they weren't really putting themselves in front in front of it. Um, in terms of that, especially, well, Vestergaard wasn't on the field at all last year, so yeah. he didn't play at all. Um, and uh, he had a I would say for the first month he was probably he was all right, not fantastic. But now you can see the rust is off, and he looks a lot better. Did he really not play for us at all last year? I don't think he played. I, I really don't think he played any minutes. Maybe he got in a cup match. I, I'm fairly certain he played zero Premier League minutes. Maybe, yeah, maybe he played no Premier League. I've I don't it. even. I don't even know if he got in a cup. I know that he started in that one. Uh, Premier League Two match against Fulham, where the under twenty ones lost seven one. Oh, so he played in he played in the FA Cup and the League Cup for us. Okay, all right. And yeah, ten. So maybe I'm remembering from the previous year where we were already yeah. starting to look poor. No, I, they yeah. were. I mean, they were trying to get him. They were just trying to get rid of him at that point. And mm. he was he was practically a non-option of every single on on every single level. He was just viewed as a non-option. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, almost half his appearances for the club have come this season, or in the in the league. That's that's crazy. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so he's played nine times. The season. Okay, he played thirty-two times for the club over, but ten Premier mm-hmm. League appearances and now nine Championship appearances. Yeah, he's really come back to life with us. Um, yeah, it speaks so much to how it wasn't, you know, because we said it all last season. It's not the players aren't good enough; it's that the mentality isn't there. Yeah. And I think, and- the renaissance we've had with Ndidi as well, who we criticised a lot last season, and with Vestergaard, um, you know, Vardy's playing better. I, I think there's little doubt about that. He he looks back Absolutely. on form. The the way those three players have improved so much this season, I think says a lot for how the mentality has has got way better now that Rodgers has got. I think that's the case. Um, obviously. It might be a little bit difficult to see the difference between whether it's the drop down to the championship or if it's the players themselves. I think my counter would be mm-hmm. Southampton. Yeah, I, I guess my counter would be Southampton's defense still looks disgusting, and they was did they concede less goals than us last year? We conceded. Oh, we conceded sixty eight. They conceded seventy three. So we did concede fewer than them, barely. We conceded fewer, but only five fewer. Meanwhile, this season, we've conceded six in the league, and they've conceded, like, 19. Yeah. So I, think I, do think that, I do think that more than anything, yes, you're going to be better when you're playing against worse opposition. But at the same time, the mentality's better because the coaching's better. 
Yeah, I mean, it's that it's that thing. I, I half wondered if last season Ndidi had been told, look, just don't kick the ball forwards. Just find a safe pass to a defender and let them find routes forward, you know, um, or or whatever. Whereas this season, Ndidi's clearly been given permission or encouraged to, you know, lay the ball off and make runs forward and get into the box and be a threat. Yeah, I think the other thing with that is that last year... Um, it seemed like for him, it was like pure destroyer, no ball progression. Um, mm. I only ever saw from, from a defensive midfielder perspective, I only ever saw Mendy and Sumari get chances to like actually progress forward last year. And Didi mm. wasn't doing any of that. And he was getting caught in possession constantly. And he was leading yeah. to turnovers and it was leading to just bad breaks the other, op- the other direction. Um, mm-hmm. But now he has Harry Winks behind him, and Ricardo Pereira is playing in midfield behind him. So he has more of an opportunity to be like, and a higher up the pitch ball winner at times, but also do other things that we would have never even thought him to be capable of. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, even, you know, when he was playing at his best for us, he was, you know, he was considered like one of the best holding midfielders in the country for a long time or something, right? He's not a holding midfielder anymore. Yeah, he's he's morphed into something else. Uh, I'd be curious to see if he can still play holding midfielder, but I also kind of want to see him still scoring goals. <laughs> I, I just think I, I, I would... I think that that's the case as well, but I just think that right now, you know, what we have in terms of the on-ball quality from Harry Winks, you keep him in his spot. Hmm. Yeah, you keep him in his spot, and indeed he seems to be thriving where he is, so I think you just stick with that. Yeah, um, yeah, because I'm just trying to look up what his goal-scoring record um, That's probably not great throughout his career. Total, so career total, uh, 22 goals, it says here. But it only lists him as scoring once in the championship this season. So this page. Well, that's been... he is, oh, he is. that's up to 26th of September. So that's. Well, when? he only scored. Well, Wilf- Wilford's only scored one in the league this year. One in the league. Oh yeah, two in the league cup. Mm-hmm. So he's okay. He's got a bit more. I guess he's you know he's been playing since 2014. But he is already okay. Let's put it this way, right? He has already matched. Uh, his highest goal, or he's already one goal off his highest ever season goal scoring record. Yeah, and the way he's playing, yeah. and In, the way the, the 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 way he's playing, it would make you'd have to believe that. And obviously, you don't need your eights to be goal produ- producers, mm. um, but at the same time, it's good to have it, and it shows the difference in role that he's showing this season. Yeah, I think the big the big thing with him is you can see the difference in like his average position map. It's way higher. Yeah. Where he's where he's where he's where he's picking up the ball, where he is where where he, where he's where he's ending up in position, where everywhere he's been on the pitch is just higher up the pitch this year, primarily because we just dominate possession in the championship, but also just because he's playing higher up the pitch because he's not a holding midfielder anymore. Yeah, I think we've had less possession than the other team precisely once this season. There was a game I saw on the stats, it might have been the Norwich one. Um, but let's move on to to briefly to the Liverpool match. We played Liverpool in the uh, EFL Cup third round. It was at Anfield. We both played rotated teams. Um, McAteer scored in like the first three minutes. Lost my mind on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, my goodness. But then they came back in the third half, put three goals past us. I mean, Cody Gakpo and uh, Diego Jota, both, you know, we've both seen them play as first-team regulars in the past. So yeah. they're not... You know, it's not a bad team we were against. It's, you mm. know, even Liverpool's second string are a very strong team. Um, the name. You, 
Sabosla mm-hmm. is not one I know. He was the third goal scorer for Liverpool. He is. He's been fantastic. Um, he's been playing at RB Leipzig for the last couple of years. Ah, uh, that's where you he know. Is, he is wonderful. And he's been doing fantastic things for a long, long time. Um, but but no, I mean, like that goal was out of this world. Uh, mm-hmm. can't, he, can't you can't, there's the goals that were scored by Liverpool in that game. You cannot put any blame on Stolarczyk for any of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because what exactly is he supposed to do when, what exactly is he supposed to do when you take a shot from outside the box that looks like it belongs yeah. in hockey? Like that went bar. <laughs> like I watch a lot of hockey. That went bar down, which By, is a or, which is a term that's used. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You know, I mean, off the in off the bar. Uh, by hockey, I assume you meaning ice hockey, right? Yes, ice hockey. Yes. Because uh, yeah, over in the UK, hockey is often field hockey. Okay. Yeah. No, um, I watch. I, I watch a lot of ice hockey, and that 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 goal, the way that it was scored, does not belong in this sport. Um. <laughs> That's how good it was. But yeah, we are out of the EFL League Cup. Eh, I'm not overly fussed by that. You know, we've got plenty of games to play already. Um, it just it just creates more opportunities for HMS Pistol League. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things of we're not going to struggle to find opportunities for our, you know, for the players who aren't like automatic picks. You know, everyone in the squad's going to be getting game time because yeah. of the the schedule. So mm-hmm. it's not like we need to stay in the cup to keep giving those players opportunities. Uh, we moved on to Blackburn Rovers. Now I, I... I do want to mention. I want to mention one oh, more thing about ahead. the Liverpool match. Um, in the Liverpool match, uh, Pat and Daka came on. Now there were some reports mm-hmm. in the media that said that he had a clause in his contract that after seventy-five appearances, he we would we would owe five million, uh, owe five million either euros or pounds or something to to RB Salzburg. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, game against Liverpool. That game against Liverpool was his 75th appearance for the club in all competitions. So I don't see how we would uh, decide to just burn that clause on a League Cup tie. So I yeah. have a feeling that that's not correct. Yeah, either there's more to it than that, and things like you know it's only League. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a weird position for Dakar. Um, I kind of feel he could be very good in the Championship. So I find it a bit of a shame not to see him play. Mm-hmm. I think um, that they're still they're still looking to sell him. I we yeah. have between Cannon, Ianacho, and Vardy. I think that we have three guys we prefer. See, I'd really like to see us try and. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be able to play him when Ianacho's gone for the Africa Cup of Nations because he's also he's going also to the gone. Africa Cup of Nations. We assume. Um, I mean, it'd be a shock shock if he wasn't called up. To I Zambia. wonder. I wonder. No, here's the thing that is interesting. I wonder if Ianacho ends up getting called up. Because even though he does get a lot, he has played a lot for Nigeria. Mm. Their best position is striker. He didn't get called up for the last round of internationals. Later. I mean, they have so many quality strikers for 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 Nigeria. Uh, mm. Victor Osinen, Taiwo Awaniyi, Adamo Lookman plays as a striker at times for them. Yep. So you're looking at all those guys, and um, another guy, Victor Boniface, who's killing it at Bayer Leverkusen right now. So they have so many Nigerian strikers. I wonder if we get Iannaccio. To st- I wonder if Inacho stays in January and he doesn't get called up because where else they, they can't fit him in. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to see Pat Sandaka play for us more because apart from, you know, I do have some fond memories. Maybe I'm just being a bit um, rose-tinted because I do have good memories of his good performances. Yeah, he's never been... So he's never had that clinicality since 
scoring four in one game. <laughs> you know, and since then he's just not looked clinical. But I kind of feel, you know, a lot of the feeling I had watching him when he did play last season was this guy needs a loan season in the championship. I was saying now he's got a season in the championship. He very much could be Vardy's understudy because a lot of what he doesn't do well is stuff that Jamie Vardy could like. He could learn from Jamie Vardy, right? It's about that time. He's, he, he has a similar. He has a very similar profile. Yeah, very similar profile, but it's not how we used him last year. I mean, we were farming him out. Why? Why? I don't know. Um, probably because we insisted for the entire season on playing lone striker formations. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. Uh, I don't think we ever played with two strikers last year. No. Um, and it seemed like the way that we were playing, obviously, the entire team in front of if he, when he whenever he was playing striker, the entire team behind him was so dysfunctional that there was never any opportunities to get uh, to get service for him at all. Mm. He didn't do much with the service he had, but he also barely had any to go off of. I just think it's not a great fit here. Mm. I think that there's there's a great there there is a club out there that would be fantastic for him and i think it's probably in italy fair enough i don't know i'd i'd love to see him get a run as a main striker um because i think a run to improve confidence you know if, if he gets that confidence of knowing look next four games you're in no matter what mm-hmm. which we could afford to do because we're getting goals from elsewhere as well right yeah and, we are and that's something and, we didn't have yeah. Well, actually, no, we did. We did have most of our goals came from Barnes and Madison last year, but now we have all of our yeah. attacks and midfield positions are getting goals. I mean, if we if we could give him a run of games, he gets confident and he gets that little bit of clinicality and that little bit of experience to get that instinct of now's the moment to run and now's mm-hmm. the moment to drop in. I think could be really good for him and it could be really good for us. Like, yeah, maybe maybe he we just maybe he's not well suited to English football um, as well. But it's one of those things that I'd love to see him excel for us. I would, I, I would love to as well. But I think the timing just is the biggest is the biggest problem. Um, but you know, he he can, I hope, learn that. Anyway, we finished. I mean, say finished the month. This was technically uh, a, month. <laughs> a, a an October game. Um, we we played yesterday as we record this. Blackburn Rovers. Now I felt we owed Blackburn Rovers because they dumped us out of the FA Cup last year. Right. It might have well. It might as well have been a September game because I had to wake up at five for this. <laughs> yeah, that's basically still September, isn't it? Um, I, I think it was it worth the early wake up. We played really well, especially in the second half. Yeah, um, definitely. We were we were very very good. Um, it seemed like we took our chances very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, and I want to just quickly fact check this. Um, they outshot us, and they had the same number of shots on target. But and the possession numbers actually weren't all that different. So um, I think that the big thing when it comes to this match was that even though the statistics weren't necessarily on our side, I think that you can just see that we take our chances very well. We get our opportunities, and we can and we can capitalize on them. Um, as opposed to other teams in this division that often can't do that, so I, I thought yeah. that it was—I thought that it was a really, really—I um, thought that it was a great performance. Um, Vardy's goal was unbelievable. Yep, early contender for goal of the month. I was going to say he was my contender for goal of the month for September. Then I remembered, oh, that was actually it's not, not September. September. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, he was—he was. I've seen him put in all season. Um, yeah, another goal for Yanacho. 
And another goal for Dewsbury Hall. Always like to see that. I felt we we I felt we were quite dominant in the second half. So yeah, the first yeah, half was definitely we, a lot uh, nervier. We took over. We took over the game after that. Um, they couldn't really do much. They couldn't really uh, couldn't really handle it. Mm. Um, I just felt. I mean, I, I just felt that over the course of we we controlled it well, and even when the score was two one, I didn't really feel many concerns of yeah. us losing that lead. Yes, yeah, sometimes a, a one-goal lead feels very uncomfortable. Like um, the one-goal lead we had against Norwich earlier, I felt really uncomfortable and we got the second. But this one, I never felt that that lead was in particular danger. Um, certainly not once we got the penalty, which was a very clear penalty. Um, Vestergaard winning us that penalty, wasn't he? It was, yeah. It was. I also thought it was one of those weird matches was quite pushy and... A bit bad tempered in ways. I think the referee was giving out cards like it was Christmas. I think it was warranted in a lot of ways, though. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I cannot argue about that. Um, there were a total of like twenty two fouls. Yeah, it was. It was. There were definitely a lot of opportunities to do so, and um, a lot of fouls definitely happened. And because of one of them, Vestergaard mm-hmm. got his fifth yellow. Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, that one. Uh, it's a shame you can't appeal yellow cards because I think that one would get overturned. Can't say I remember it off the top of the, my head. The commentators were saying, like, was there even contact? When you look at the replay, it doesn't look like there was really anything, any contact there or anything happening. Um, I think I remember but, at the time thinking, like, that one seems a bit much for a yellow, but I don't want to put, I, I don't want to put, like, a stamp of approval on that opinion because I can't remember it entirely. <laughs> I'm going to say I have very often been very defensive of referee. Mm. So I, I feel I've earned this saying I think the referee got that one very much wrong um, and that it okay. wasn't the yellow card. Mm. And people who've heard me defend referees before on here will know that I, I do not defend referee. I do not like criticize referees lightly. Yeah. Um, um, I try my best to be objective in the moment. Like, I... Regardless of it's whatever, hard, though, whatever, what, regardless of whatever team, like, it, like I might get mad at the exact thing, but once I see the replay, I'll look at it and I'll try and analyze it objectively. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I try my best to do that as well. It's, um, it's harder than I want to admit. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely not the sort who will like yell and blind and swear at referees. Yeah, and obviously, I just disclose something. I umpire little league baseball. Oh, you, so, so you, I have... you know about. <laughs> So, so I understand what it's like to be the one who has to make the decision. So I, I don't really mm. like to go after uh, refs in any sport. Yeah, yeah. I also referee, um, not football. I, I referee in other sports. And um, we don't have problems with players. Well, we don't have problems with parents like you might have in Little League, oh. which has got a bit of reputation in some, but I've definitely got some problem players. The worst parents I've ever had. One of my first jobs, I used to be a uh, like essentially a referee. I call it a board marshal for chess, <laughs> and it was a lot of uh, under 18s games, okay, um, under 18s tournaments. And my goodness, the parents for that could be awful because I was like 15 at the time, and I, I had one parent because I wouldn't let him cheat and coach his kid during a match. Very much cheating. Um, he okay. threatened to break both my legs and called me. He taught. It was the day, it was like entirely under eights and under nines. We had so many of them, they had their own day separately. He oh definitely goodness. taught them some new words as well. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw him after that. He, uh, I kind of persuaded him to go away 
and I yeah. never saw him again. I think some of the other parents might have had a word or two. Yeah. Anyway, um, running off topic. Yeah. A uh, few players that we haven't really put a lot of mention into uh, yeah. who definitely deserve uh, who definitely deserve some credit. Um, first one is uh, the guy who I think gets a lot of undeserved uh, criticism around the club for. Honestly, I don't know why nobody. I don't know why there's so many people who just dislike Kieran Dewsbury Hall. Really, I thought everyone loves him. I mean, he I, has... I, 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 I do. Um, and I've seen. Obviously, there's a lot to do, but I feel like there's there's some, and it started last year as well. I didn't. I think that there's a lot of people. I didn't think he had a bad season, and there's so many who thought he had a bad season. I think there was kind of a moment he came in when he first came into the club. He was one of the only players who's playing with fight and desire and passion, and that made a lot of people like him. Mm-hmm. And then as he played more, you know, he had a really strong start. And as he kind of is, you know, you know the term regression to the mean, I assume. Yeah. Where, yes. where someone, you know, a team who, or a player who has a brilliant performance, then kind of drops back to where ability so i think he was came in performing at above his level which is natural because you know that's the time you're most likely to get picked for the first time is when you're exceeding yourself oh, yeah. I, th- I think there might have been a bit of people backlashed against him there because everyone's backlashing against everything in the club i think i think everyone wants to see him continue at that level when he first came through and i i don't think he's gonna sustain it, it was a very very high energy level that I think is unsustainable over a full seat. Mm-hmm. Um, you were saying. Yeah, I think the one thing, and I've seen this before, I think that a lot of people, it's it's this like irrational view that because results went down when he entered the lineup, that uh, equals he's bad. Yeah, I can see how people might come there. I mean, he only entered the lineup in the first place because we had so many injuries, didn't we? It was yeah, doing and, a proper injury. And then, and then, he, and then he just, and then he, he never lost his spot. Yeah, because he was he was for a lot of our games that best player. Um, and speaking last year of like downbeat thoughts on our best players, um, I've just been looking up whether there's an update on Casey McAteer's injury. I, I haven't seen one. Um, it but looked like a pulled hamstring, which it, they said was I, I saw something that said yeah. like two to three weeks out. Yeah, it's one of those things, those hamstring tweaks. So he came on, he played 20 minutes, and then sprinting for the ball, he pulled up holding his hamstring. Yeah. Um, that can be back in one or two days. I think I've seen um, Enzo has said that he won't be playing in the Preston game. He, he's not in yeah. the squad for that. I wouldn't expect that because... I wouldn't expect it. No. Um, those pulled hamstrings can be six to eight, sorry, four to six weeks as well, which knowing mm-hmm. us, you know, we've had a history lately <laughs> of pushing players back in too early, right? Yeah, I think the one thing, I've seen this before, a lot of people where they don't quite I think there's a lot of there's this like disconnect between how often a player should play, mm. um, because I've seen a lot of people say like, oh, "Why isn't this guy in line? Why isn't this guy in line?" Well, he played the last three matches and we're in a midweek fixture. Do you want them to get hurt? Yeah, because he has played a lot for us and he is still. Uh-huh. And even then, I think that I mean I I love the fact that I mean I think Casey McIntyre has been one of our best players, mm. but at the same time. I still think they brought him in too early yesterday if the goal was preserved, if, if you want to make sure that you preserved him. But, you know, obviously that's hindsight. But yeah. I was, there were, were points where I was feeling like, are we giving this kid too much too fast in terms of in terms of minutes? Yeah, maybe it's just a, a thing of that. He has played a lot for us. Um, I mm-hmm. mean, he's, he's earned his starting spots. He's earned his minutes. Um, 
But yeah, I'm I'm I kind of feel at this point I'm just gonna accept he's not gonna be back until December. Eight weeks oh, I think away, Cody, I think uh, Connor Cody came back a bit early, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, but I would much rather, because there was such a habit we had of finally bringing a player back from injury, and mm-hmm. they would do 20 minutes and then pull up again with the same injury. I really don't want us to do that with Casey McAteer. Oh, definitely, I, definitely. I would rather, I guess especially because we've got a stronger, like, stronger cover in the squad, we don't need to. We won't feel that we need to rush him back, hopefully. Um, Hopefully not, um, especially with uh, uh, Wanya, who hasn't been, who's been mostly with the youth team for a bit, and yeah. Fatou, who's been one of the players I wanted to mention as well. Yep, go on, say your piece on Fatou. I just, I think that um, he's, I, I, just, I, from what I've seen, I've been so impressed with just his dribbling ability, just you know his quality on the ball, um, and I would, I think that despite the fact that McAteer profiles as a more defensive player, I haven't seen him they be bad out of possession so i think that it'll come for him in terms of getting uh the getting the goals to match uh getting the goals to match what he's done so far but he had the assist yesterday on the on the foss uh header because he took the corner or no mm-hmm. wait, was it was that the corner it, it was a corner right yeah it was a corner yes yeah, so it was a corner um and he's he's performed very brightly so far um and i think that there's there's a lot that's going to come there and I'm, I'm excited for what it is. I do think, in a sense, having the opportunity, even though relegation sucks, getting the opportunity to bring in some players who maybe aren't immediate impacts, who you can actually yeah. like integrate into the team slowly, is good for the long-term prospects of the club. Yes, yeah, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that said, should we start looking at what's coming up in October? We have five games by my count, plus there's another round of internationals as well um, in the middle of the month. Yeah, we've got. Uh, so we play this. We play fourth, seventh, and then we don't play again until the twenty-first. Yeah, yeah. So we've got Preston and Stoke, uh, which is kind mm-hmm. of a mixed bag of matches. And I mean, Preston were have been leading the championship this season for a long time. <laughs> don't know where that came from, but <laughs> no, we don't. Um, but yeah, they've been doing. They've been doing really well. That I I would definitely say that Preston game, which will be, well, I'll say today by the time this comes out, um, will be the most. That'll be our sternest test yet. Without probably without a doubt, I, they looks like they've they've lost their last game though. They only have a goal difference of three. And they they've well they've just been beaten four nil by West Bromwich Albion. Oh, they got be West Brom. Okay. Yeah. So you know clearly we we can say they are beatable. Mm-hmm. And that was their first and loss of the season. I look at their fixtures, um, and another thing, yeah. So for a while, we were looking at um, the fact that, uh, like, for us um, at the beginning of the season, we weren't de- we weren't destroying teams, and we were barely scraping out results. I think our first four matches were all wins, but they were all uh, one goal wins. Yeah, um, and <clears throat> it seemed like that was the case for them as well at, at Preston, but. Uh, they never really kicked on and started dominating matches. Um, I mean, they only have on here. I'm looking. They only have one game all season, which was against Stoke, where they won by more than one goal, and that includes matches against like Swansea and Preston. And they drew against Rotherham, which are not teams that are doing well right now. So I think that maybe they they're also kind of a grind out results kind of fixture, and yeah, this could be. 
it depends. I think that we could be if we have like a a dominant performance against them. Mm. It could be like a slap back to reality for Preston. <laughs> I mean, because po- they play Ipswich, they play Ipswich right after us. Yeah, I was saying possibly the uh, West Brom result was a slap back to reality for them as well after that loss. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we move on to Stoke, who are you know more struggling down in sixteenth. Um, they can't figure it out ever. But, They'll never figure it out. I mean, they they have uh, they you know tough games in there, but they've. They've had some that arguably should have done a little better. Um, you know, losing to Norwich. Okay, you know Norwich are doing well, but well, we'll we'll see how they we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of feel that match, and then after that, we're playing Swansea. So well, there's an international Swansea. break, and then we play Swansea, who are another team who, you know, they've been in the Premiership not so long ago. They're also really struggling this season, down in nineteenth. They're coming off two straight wins. They, they are. They're coming off two straight wins against uh, Millwall on Wednesday. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see if... And of course, that's after an international break, and they have two more fixtures before. So we'll see yeah. what we'll see what form they're in when it comes to them actually taking on us. But um, in terms of just like the general quality of what we've seen from Swansea up to this point, it doesn't look necessarily fantastic. But, you know, a lot can change in... 20 days lockdown and they're at home you know it's, it's a fairly long trip although it's, that doesn't that matters much less in the modern game um certainly when i started <laughs> when i started watching football uh those away days really mattered um yeah they're playing norwich which is is a really tough game for them i think with norwich doing pretty well at the moment and they're also then playing plymouth argyle an easier match but plymouth aren't doing too badly Plymouth are doing well and then they get the break and then they get us at at home yeah so i think whatever happens to some degree of that form you know they'll have the international break to kind of reset it whether that's good or bad yeah Um, i think the thing i believe swansea uh they've been playing i believe they've been playing rather direct under their new their new manager um uh certainly less so than with russell martin but I, i i i can't can't say that that's for certain but i feel like they're more of a uh they're they're more of a a direct opponent than um some of the others that you'll see. Enough, yeah. <laughs> I mean, speaking, uh, speaking of direct, you will get to QPR if we want to talk about direct. But <laughs> well, yeah, um, you know, we've got a game. Yeah, between those games, you know, we're playing essentially three games in eight days. There, Saturday, then the Tuesday we play Sunderland. Um, yeah. Who are well, you know, they're they're a bit higher in the table, I think. Oh, they're doing yeah. well. Yeah, Sunderland. Doing... Sorry, yeah, they're doing really well. They're fourth at the they're moment, fourth. so they're mm-hmm. they're going to be in the fight, looking to get promoted. I feel. Yeah. Um. They they, because you know we're nine games into the season. You can start to see the the table crystallize out. We're about twenty percent of the way through. Yeah, um, I don't know how much you paid attention to the championship last year, but this didn't much. really <laughs> this didn't really exist last year. Last year, the championship was kind of on crack. Um, in terms of just the evenness for the first three months of the season. Mm. Um, I think there was a point there was a point in time where Blackburn were like second, and they had a worse goal difference than one of the teams in the relegation zone. Wow, yeah. Um, it was wild. And this year it seems like it's a lot more it's a lot more logical in terms of the spread. Um yeah, I think Sunderland yeah, Sunderland I think will be, just based on their league position, another tough match. But then again, yeah. sometimes we've done quite well against the teams who will have come you know, fairly high. I think we've struggled most against the teams lower down in the league. 
I think because they look at us and say, right, we can't we can't try and play strength against strength because they'll they'll win. We have to do something to nullify them. So they start to do um they start to do what Hull did and they start to do what Bristol did and, you know, really try and cut off our attacking options and maybe, you know, you'd call it negative football, but it's sensible football. They play for the draw, right? Yeah, and I think one of the teams that did that really well all season against us was Huddersfield. Um, they were just a bit unfortunate that the the Mavadidi goal just uh, snuck through their keeper's legs. But they, I think that if if you're looking at like how to how to get a result against Leicester City, uh, just look at what Huddersfield. Yeah, I well, Huddersfield, Hull, and because um, you're not against us, the only team so far to have done so. Um, oh, and- yeah. And I think mm-hmm. Bristol had the right game plan for us, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. QPR might come up with a similar game plan. You you say they play very directly. I mean that we well, say they, you know they, they with the with the way we play a really high defensive line that could you know that they, they could cause an upset maybe. I certainly hope not. Um, well, I hope of not. Course. I def- I, def- I definitely hope not. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Ainsworth will be gone at that point. Uh, there's always there's always concerns about that. At QPR, they've been a bit wild recently. But um, if he's still there, then you can probably look for them to try and attempt to just go kind of long ball against us and just see what happens. Hmm. But shall we make some predictions? Mm-hmm. So, um, Ooh, yeah. In the last podcast, I predicted seven points from four games. We weren't including the Blackburn game because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't there. We got 12. So, um, Did you record this before, before or after Hull? That one, because I wasn't there. Um, so this was this was my prediction. We I think we recorded a little bit after Hull. Okay. But I I predicted that we'd win all our games in August, and I think I was just about right because we played Hull okay. in September. Um, yeah. We did record after that, and mm-hmm. then I said I said in September like for Southampton, Norwich, so, yeah, Southampton, Norwich, Bristol. Oh no, we did include Blackburn. Southampton, Norwich, Bristol, Blackburn. I said we'd get seven points from. We got twelve. Okay. So I'm kind of. One up and one less good. Five games, how many points do you think we'll take away? Five, how do you think this will go? Five. Okay. I think that I think we'll beat Preston and I think it'll be like a three one. Mm-hmm. Um Stoke, I think that one might be a little bit more challenging, but I think we can get a one nil there. Mm-hmm. Um I mean at this point they've been they I mean they've they've blown us away with with performances up to this point. I'll say a draw against Sunderland, but I think we beat Swansea and I think that it might be a demolition. You're getting sacked in the morning against QPR. So I'll say 13 points in five matches. 13 points in five matches. I was gonna. I was gonna say 12. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. We just don't seem to be a drawy team this year. Uh, although I guess maybe the the Bristol uh, match. And I did predict that we draw against. I think we predicted we draw against Norwich. How <laughs> accurate that turned out to be. Um, uh, I probably would have do if Sargent was healthy. I mean, I, I, I wasn't on the last podcast, but I mean, yeah, he, he's the key for them. <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. Um, again, it's not so much. I don't. I think all the games look like games that we should win. It's yeah. just one of those things that I just feel we're due a slip up. Then again, maybe we'll maybe I'll be wrong about that. I'd love to be wrong about about slipping up. I just half have the feeling that we will struggle against one of the lower teams. So Stoke. Or QPR or mm-hmm. Swansea, um, they they will uh, they will successfully achieve the game plan of 
you know, cut off all the passing options, defend really aggressively, defend really deep, don't give us space to get the crosses in, the players behind, the runs in behind, mm-hmm. and nullify us there, and then they will nick one off the counter-attack. I just think one of those teams will pull it off. All I right. don't know which one of those three, and I think uh, it will be not fun reading the discourse about the team afterwards, but I, I just feel we're due one of those games. Some some people out there who... After, there were some some bizarre takes after that whole match. Oh, there always are. After every... Because <laughs> I get to see all the ones that we remove, because I am moderator powers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... And I'm not even... And it's, not even, it's not even just the Discord server. Like, I mean, you get, mm-hmm. it, on, you get it on Twitter as well, and it was... I, I remember someone trying to say that, like, that after the whole match, this is the same exact problems we were talking about for all of last year. It's like, this is very different. Yeah, the big difference being, even if that's true for this match, it's a one-off in that match. Uh-huh. It's, it's not habitual. Anyway, yes. um, our predictions are 13 points, says Tyler, from five games. I say 12 points. Uh, we'll see which one of us is more correct um, in the next episode. Yes. And we'll... Um- move on from there because we and talk about the women's team because the WSL season kicked off yesterday. Absolutely. One last thing on the men's team. Oh god. Uh, Mabadini. Mabadini, you're fantastic. Pass more. <laughs> well, I'll I'll um tweet that to him. <laughs> when the episode comes out, clip it up, clip it out of the episode and tweet it to him. <laughs> you're amazing. Pass. Pass. Please, <laughs> you're doing you're doing you do, you're, you're a fantastic passer. Just do it. Um so Last time we were saying, you know, there's the we the women's transfer window hadn't even closed, and we were looking at we'd play our first game on Sunday the first of October, which as we recorded yesterday, a reasonable amount has happened between now and then. Um, we got another new signing, Canadian international Diane uh, Diane Rose come in. She played for Reading last year and is a forward. Um, I don't think we've seen her play yet. We've also made some interesting staffing stuff, you know, really pushing the club more towards that professional setup that we lacked. You know, we've got a head of academy in Jenny Sugarman. Um, Jennifer Foster has joined as assistant manager. She was assistant manager at Bristol when they won the championship last year. And we've also got a goalkeeper coach who also was at Bristol in the past, but I think more recently has been at Everton women. Um, so a proper like investment in the infrastructure of the club there. Which will, I think, hopefully prove out a much more comfortable WSL survival this year. I would certainly hope that's the case. Um, obviously, maybe you can get a little bit, um, in terms of just the match from yesterday, uh, maybe you can get a little bit uh, skewed in your views mm-hmm. by the fact that, oh, we've played one match so far and it was against the promoted team. And the gap between the WSL and the yeah. championship is wild. Yeah. Well, so just to finish off the transfer news... Uh, Sam Tierney has extended her contract. She's going to be with us for another two seasons now. Um, and we've loaned out Demi Lamburn, which is, when you look at our goalkeeper situation, not surprising. We've got, I think, three goalkeepers ahead of her now. And mm-hmm. as much as Lamborn was good when we were in the championship, um, I think it's been, it was proved last year that I don't think she's a championship, a WSL-level goalkeeper. I think we were conceding a bit too easily against the top teams with her. She's joined Crystal Palace in the championship. All right. Um, but yeah, we had a pre-season as well. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to watch any of the pre-season, so I'll just sort of report on the results. Uh, we reported last month that we'd had a 2-2 draw against Manchester United, and then we kind of did a Liverpool tour. We beat Everton 3-2 and lost to Liverpool 3-1. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there was an international break uh, for the Women's Nations League. Uh, so Rantala played for Finland scored and scored in a 4-0 win over Slovakia. She's a new signing. And our Scottish international, Sophie Howard, um, was part of a 2-1 loss to England, uh, played the full game, and also played the full game against Belgium where she scored a last-minute equaliser um, for, for Scotland. Yeah. So that's a bit of a rapid-fire roundup there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yes, finally, yesterday, we kick off. We play Bristol City, who, yes, they are the newly promoted team. But last year, we struggled really badly against everyone, including the newly promoted team. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, and that's and that's why you got to feel at least a bit optimistic about what we saw yesterday. It seems like there's a lot more, a lot more quality in the roster. Um, oh, yeah. A lot more... A lot more, a lot more a lot more that you can look at and say, these are players that I can look at and say, ooh, we can do yes. something. Or we, 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 can st- we can just we can feel a little more secure and stay mm-hmm. far away from that. I said, I said, I think the exact words I used last year were stay as far away from the relegation zone as possible. Now I think we actually have a chance to stay as far away from the relegation zone as yeah. possible. I think you could also definitely see, I think you could also definitely see the influence of Willie Kirk having had a full preseason with the team now. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, I think the game plan was noticeably better. The mentality of the team seemed a lot better. Uh, we seemed to play with a lot more confidence, which you know we understandably lacked. You know, when the results are going against you like they did so much last year, that's going to hurt your confidence. There's no way it can't. Definitely. Um, we had a 4-2 win, so you know we can look at this match. We won't do this very much. We can look at that that one match in a bit more detail. Uh, I thought we were quite unlucky conceding the first goal. I think we, throughout the entire match, we controlled we controlled it very well, um, mm-hmm. and definitely as into the second half, it got a bit. Um, it, it got to be like a point where, like, yeah, no, we we're, we're it's dominant at this point, and mm-hmm. the first the first half was a bit odd. We got that unbelievable strike at, to end uh, to end the first half. That was yeah unreal. Um, yeah, and it, was, we, and it kind of seems like we took that momentum into the second half and really controlled and we really took over. For yeah, I've got to say, Amy Palmer's goal. Because um, I saw Jamie Vardy's goal against Blackburn and thought, well, there's a good contender for goal of the month in October. Then I saw Amy Palmer's and thought, and there's another contender for goal of the month. It was uh, a stunning strike. Two hours apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, fact, the, the Blackburn match ends and like yep. immediately the Bristol match starts. Yeah, it was a very smooth transition. Especially because I had one on my playing through my PlayStation Now TV um, and one on my laptop with the FA player. So all I had to do was just flip inputs on my TV. Done. Boom. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, it was a stunning, stunning strike. You know, because I saw the corner get headed out and I saw it go to Palmer and I saw her hit the ball and assumed she was hitting it back in for a second phase. And then it kind of I saw the net bulge and thought, oh, that yes. was amazing. Um, I I just didn't think the shot was on from there. Um, you know that that's a great it's a great way to end the first half. It's a great way to say to to give yourself a bit of a uh, a bit of a positive uh, momentum a positive kick, outlook, a bit of a positive outlook heading into heading back into uh, the the locker rooms and changing rooms to you know just. Feel a bit better about yourself heading into the second half. Yeah, and then when we came out into the second half, we pretty much went straight out and scored very, very fast. Um, and then again, <laughs> it was Rantala again. I think was it from a, a play from a corner? It wasn't directly from the corner, if I remember right. 
but it was it was play around a corner. So yeah, that was um that that put us in the lead. And we never then after that we never looked like relinquishing the lead. Not at one not at any point. No, certainly. And that was it seemed like after once the once the second goal went in, then the third goal, and from there it was like, Well, we've just we're just taken over at that point. Yeah. Uh, one blip on the match, I think, was um the penalty we gave away. It was a very silly penalty. Um CJ Bot kind of just lunging in from miles away was never had a hope of taking the ball. Um and yeah, it was one of those ones of the moment I saw her leave her feet, I thought, Oh, that's gonna be a penalty. But and I was like, ah, what's going on here? To Leipzig's credit, to Leipzig's credit, she was very very close to saving it. Mm-hmm. And I from what we've from what we saw last year, second half of the season when she was on loan, and you know, just getting Leipzig on a permanent I don't have yeah. many concerns with with the goalkeeper position for the women's team, which of course is fantastic because often that's one of the hardest positions to fill in the yeah. women's game, especially. Yeah, and it makes such a um, important it's such an important thing for the defense. If you know, so you can play with that face that if you make a mistake, your goalkeeper can help you out, mm-hmm. and that you know. Because it was a problem we had, I think it's in the first half of last year especially, was, um, you know, I think there was one game where we conceded twice directly from a corner. You know, just any time the ball was put on goal, there was a bit of a, is it going to go in? Because it was too often, and now it's like we're not conceding goals we shouldn't anymore, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I really hope that does continue that way as the quality of opposition improves. Yes. Like obviously when you're playing when you're playing against teams like Arsenal and Chelsea and Man City in the Women's Super League, you expect mm. to not only concede but also probably lose as well. But if <laughs> if you can if you can see improvement in that in those matches like hey, yeah. We didn't allow any goals we shouldn't. Mhm. We did. We didn't. We didn't shoot ourselves in the foot. Every time they scored was because they earned it and purely earned it. Then, then you then you mitigate a large portion of the problems, and then you can start to slowly see progression from there. Yeah, yeah. I think you know it's one of those things. It wasn't just yeah. Okay, I think if you go and look preseason, we would have expected to beat Bristol, but the manner with which we bought them gives me a lot of comfort. We the manner with which we beat them gives me a lot of comfort. Would really help so is it. But we've got um, <clears throat> we've got a schedule for the next month as well, um, so the the season really kicks off now with four more games. Uh, one of which is in the WSL Cup, which is done in you know group stages. Um, it's kind of the equivalent to the League Cup, but it's there specifically to you know beef out the fixture list a bit. So hence, hence yeah. the group stage. Yeah. Uh, we haven't What's ended up with Manchester United in our group. Sorry. <laughs> Say again, I didn't catch that. Oh, uh, it's more similar to a Papa John's trophy. Um, yes, yeah. I but I think in in the past we've made it. We've done reasonably well in it. Uh, I think we've made the semi-finals while we were still in the championship or something like that. I can't remember. Um, okay. I think there's possibly still a chance that we end up with Manchester United joining our group. Let me just check on that. It's like the group is. Ah, um... yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Our group is our group for that is Everton, Liverpool, Manchester City, and us. 
I think with those three teams, we can target you know second place and getting through as one of the best second place teams. However, um, Manchester United will join our group if they don't qualify for the Champions League directly. Oh, um, so they've got a tie against Paris Saint Germain, um, which they'll be playing on the 10th and 18th of October. So by the end of this month, we will know whether we've got to play Manchester United as well. Bit weird fix fixtures that um but yes so there's a possibility i believe i'm never fully sure with this the the getting information about women's competition seems so much harder however yes we have one game there we're playing mm-hmm. three of the teams the three teams we played in preseason are our next three games which i find quite interesting and all three of them are uh the three potential teams in that in that league cup group yes and it's also our league cup group um, so Everton, who we beat in preseason, Liverpool, who we lost to in preseason, but will be in the a- the WSL Cup. So we might play a rotate. We play as some some prospects. Um, and Manchester United, who we drew to all with in preseason, although that was our first preseason game. I find this much harder to predict um, what's going to happen because there just seems to be so much more variance, especially in how different the women's team is this year. Oh, definitely. Um, and if I remember right, was it last year, Everton struggled somewhat, didn't they? Um, although they did end up finishing sixth, so I must be thinking of another team. Maybe Tottenham? I don't think but, they did very oh well. Oh yeah, Tottenham didn't do well. We nearly finished ahead of Tottenham, um, and we did finish ahead of Brighton. But the teams we're playing, you know, Manchester United finished second last last year, so that's going to be a tough match. Everton and Liverpool were sixth and seventh. Um, from let's see, let, me, let me find all the results. Didn't Liverpool pull off an upset? Or am I thinking of something else? You're talking about against us? No. Um, Liverpool upset Arsenal. I always think of them. So, Arsenal oh, yeah. finished oh, third oh, last season. Oh, oh, the first week of this season. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal finished third last season. You know, Champions League team they'd, they, they'd expect. Um, went and lost to Liverpool. So, Liverpool could be a really... We could be in for a rough month, basically. Um, Everton mm-hmm. did lose to Brighton and Hove Albion, so I was right that they, they're struggling a bit this season because Brighton finished 11th last season. Yeah. Um, so they'll I don't know, they'll be out for revenge on Sunday, but hopefully we we can take the game to them. And then Man United and Man City. Man United and Man City, who are both top top teams. Uh, although Manchester City, are they Manchester City struggled a fair bit last season. They yeah, which is struggling by their standards. Um, the they, same, they, they, they finish on level on points with Arsenal, so... It's worth mentioning also that Man City beat us 9-0 at some point last season. Um, yeah, and right. that match will be live on the BBC if you live in the UK. Uh, so everyone can come in and watch that one. <laughs> um, I am going to go, if I make prediction, I'm going to say a win, a draw and two losses out of these three, out of these four games. Yeah, I was feeling the same thing. I think that win is Everton. Yeah, me too. I think we win against Everton. I think we pick up a draw against Liverpool or Man United. I'm not sure which. I'd kind of rather Man United because I'm not so worried about the cup over promotion. Over relegation even. Yeah. Um, I don't think we really have much chance to beat Man City, but you never know. We're such an unknown this season, I feel. We've, we've signed so many players. We've lost so many players. Um, who knows? We could be comfortably mid-table for all I know. 
Mm-hmm. I think we've we've added a lot of quality, but it's still uh, it's still untested. It's still unproven at this point against yeah. uh, top against top uh, uh, competition. So I would like to think that maybe against you know both United and City are top teams in the women's game, but at the same time, I mean I mean it's hard to. I would love to think that we could scrape out like a point against either of them. Yeah, it's hard to predict that. Yeah, I just it's, see. It's I just see. I, I just find it very hard to believe that we can that we can beat Man City. I, maybe I'm just still a bit shocked by the results they pulled out against us last season. Because uh, mm-hmm. you know it was um, they were some of our, if I remember right, they were some of our worst match. Oh no, Chelsea was our worst match last season. Eight nil. Yep. We had we. Had, oh my goodness, we had zero points after like nine games. Yeah, we. On zero points for a long time last season, took us a while to get even a point on the table. And this yeah. season, we're we're straight on to three points. In fact, if you look at the the WSL table now, uh, we're top of it, uh, equal on equal on goal difference with Manchester City, who also won by two goals. But uh, we, the next one is goals four, and we scored four, and they scored two. Stop the count. Um, <laughs> um, Interestingly, there were no draws. Just, just spotted that. Well, I think we. Can't, I remember having this conversation as well last year with Madlock. There seems to be a lot fewer draws in the WSL for some reason. I don't think that. I don't think that the WSL had their first draw into like match week ten. Oh, you could well it was be right. Something around there. It was something like that. They, it, yeah, there went a long time with like zero draws. Mm. So, the looking at the teams, who do you think we finish ahead of now? I, I think we finish ahead of Bristol. I think we can say we want to finish ahead of Everton. I don't know how well Tottenham have picked them up after their disappointing last season, but if they haven't really improved much from last season, they're in danger. I think the difficulty is with Sky's deal uh, to cover the the WSL. There's a lot more money in the WSL now, so I think generally teams have improved. Yeah, so maybe it's not just us. Yeah, there might be a bit of the uh, Alice in Wonderland effect with our improvement, right? You have to run as fast as you can just to keep stay where you are oh yeah i i've i've heard that called the alice in wonderland effect i don't i don't know if that's a term known outside of me <laughs> <laughs> never heard that before but i can't speak for everyone or like anyone anyone else I think it was a book on evolution i read it in um anyway yeah th- that would be my thought brighton we beat bristol we beat arguably tottenham mm. um are in our sights I, I think that I would be ecstatic if if we were above if we were in like eighth. I think that would be incredible. Eighth would be very good. Yeah, I'm saying ninth. Eighth, would, eighth, eighth would be fantastic if we can get eighth or ninth. If the if the number doesn't start with a one, then it's good. <laughs> Other than first. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, surely, surely first we take that, right? <laughs> yeah, that was, prob- that was that was that was that was probably the that was probably the opinions in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anything, other, any, anything that doesn't end with anything that doesn't start with a one is good. Or anything no, that doesn't in, start with one is good. Well, okay, finish first. <laughs> no, in in the 2015-16 season, because we we got so close to relegation, we we're saying, look, just anything where we're not near the relegation scrap, we would have been happy with 15th, I think, at the start of the year. Yeah. But we were predicted to go down. You know? mm-hmm. um, who do you think we're beating then? So. If we finish eighth, we're ahead of four teams. What, what do you think I mean, those four I are? Say, I can't say I know enough about West Ham to really make a judgment on 
what on what they are. But mm-hmm. I mean, they're currently bottom of the table. They lost to they lost know, to Manchester City, you know, which isn't isn't exactly shameful. No, they lost only two nil to Manchester City, you know. So like, they're a team because I mean they were near the bottom last year. So like, yeah, you could realistically say maybe they'll be there this year. Everton losing to Brighton isn't great for them, mm-hmm. so you could say that that's one as well. I just think mm-hmm. that. The one thing I would like to see with them is maybe not so uh, like 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 not so black and white of if you're better than us you're beating us if you're worse than us we're winning like nope. get some like scrape some points against teams that have higher quality. Yeah, yeah. This is why I'm saying one of Man United or Liverpool. I reckon we're getting a point off. That would be fantastic. I don't think we drew a single game last season. We didn't. One. Once. One game drawn? One. Yes, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. We had a nil-nil against Everton. I missed that. <laughs> we did draw a single game last year. <laughs> and, I mean, considering how badly we started, by the end of by the end of the year, we were... Def- if, if there was, like... I mean, there's probably a WSL form table, but in our last seven matches... Oh, we did we really well, yeah. Four wins in our last seven. Yeah, that's yeah. 12, and that's 12 points out of the 16 we got. So, or... No, actually, sorry. I'm also reading the Bristol result in there. Uh, three <laughs> out of three out of six. So that's nine out of nine points in those six matches. So much better than what we were to start the. Year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think we'll have much difficulty, to be honest, surpassing the 16 points we got last year. I mean, I hope so. I mean, if we, if if I say you know we we want to score 20 points this year, then that would put us in ninth on last year's table, and. Mm-hmm. You know, if we say, "Hey, let's let's go a bit further," twenty, you know, twenty-two points that will put us in eighth, which I think would be really good results. That's moving forward. I that that would that would no. definitely be that would definitely be good. Um, and you look at towards the end of so you look at the end of last year. Um, in terms of the teams that so we had five wins all of last season. There was mm-hmm. Brighton, Brighton, Liverpool twice, yep. Reading, and well, actually Brighton twice. Yeah. Brighton twice, Liverpool twice, and then Reading. So that Liverpool 11, finished seventh. Eleven, and then Liverpool finished seventh, and we we did the double over them. Um, we should have beaten Reading twice, but we'll not discuss that. <laughs> so, what are you saying? If we say West Ham and Tottenham haven't recovered, um, that we could be targeting seventh? Because actually, if you look at it, seventh if you look isn't at crazy. There's kind of a gap between yeah, sixth yeah. and seventh. Mm-hmm. And if if the assumption is that Everton's not as good now, yeah, then I mean, like, I think that the peak would be sixth. But I think that's even that's. I mean, that would that would be like a perfect scenario that requires everything to go right, like a genuine like that would have to be like a you you would need everything to go right in order for that to be the case. Which yeah, I, I don't I don't think is realistic. I yeah, I think sixth would be uh, an exceptionally good season. Um, I'm just looking through trying to work out where our easiest point of the season is. November doesn't look easy. We've got Chelsea and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Of course, this will all come down to, I think the, the the big thing is, it'll come down to whether it's going to be more about turning losses into draws yes. than anything else. Because, yeah, of course, you'd want, like some of those losses, you'd love for them to be wins, but that's less that's less realistic than just... Where can we find the losses that could have been draws and then yeah. go from there? Because that's extra points you can just pick up and see 
can we can we go from tenth to ninth to eighth to maybe even more? Yeah, we'll see where we are by the end, and we'll see where we are by the end of the month as well. Yes, and uh, speaking of the end of the month, um, that is when we'll be back. Um, so to talk about everything that's happened in October, to look forward to what's happening in November, I hope you'll be able to join me again. I certainly hope so as well. Um, and uh, you know, uh, we're looking forward to seeing if Madlock returns. Uh, of course, as we said at the start of the series, he's, he's had another child since um, since last season. So, you know, childcare, he can't always do these. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit more ever-present and try and kick off organisation a bit uh, more effectively than I maybe did this month. And we shall see how the, those predictions, you predicted 13 points in the Premier League, uh, sorry, in the Championship, and we both predicted four points in the Women's Super League. So we'll see how those match up and um look forward to chatting to you again in what four and a bit weeks yeah just about that um hopefully everything hopefully everything goes well hopefully we keep on moving on and then you know everything from there it's every no. everything from this point forward is on the road to straight back up and we need to, and we need to keep that up nine wins out of nine for all our teams right nine wins out of nine in the month yeah because the between the men's and women's team we're playing nine games Oh, 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 yes. Okay, okay. I, 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 see what, I, see, I see what you're saying. I haven't included the development team because, but they they st- started their preseason actually. I was told. Um, I mean, inside about... source, they beat the ladies development team. Beat Hinkley ladies three oh. one. Um, okay. But I'm told that that the game was much closer than the scoreline suggests. Men's under twenty ones. But well, so with exactly. the ladies development team, I I think the person who told me this is somewhat biased because um, she plays left back for Hinkley. <laughs> <laughs> so um, um, she's someone I played um, I, I played other sports with. I knew her at university. That's <laughs> cool. Anyway, yeah. see, so, yes, we'll be back. Uh, have a good month, everyone, and thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin MacLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.